Hello guys, and welcome to another episode of Carbonite Bounty BS with me and the nerds here. Uh, glad to see everybody. Um, really, really exciting. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely discussion this week on Solo. Uh, and once again, your Star Wars channel where you get all things from four of our panelists, and you don't have to worry about these weird videos of people buying milk crates and trying to do ridiculous <laughs> challenges. So, you know, welcome here, guys. No, no TikTok videos on milk crates. So yeah, glad everybody can join us tonight. For a great discussion on the solo movie, but uh, yeah, weird one. I, I, you know, maybe I'm late. You know, maybe I'm getting older, but uh, just start seeing this craze about the milk crate thing, and I oh, was you're, like, you're, oh, you're you're not late. It's it's yeah. it's, it's a stupid phenomenon. And, <laughs> you know, it's been out for a while. Concussions and. I mean, when, I, when I'm saying yeah. it, I'm like, you know, a milk crate and the people that are doing these challenges, they're not like, you know, thin or skinny. They're like two, three hundred pounds. I'm like, yeah. I yeah. don't think this is a good idea. This outcome is not going to work for you. But uh, hey, you know, gravity is not. Right. <laughs> so definitely they could. Yeah. Right. The milk crate challenges. So. We need to do a lightsaber challenge on that. There's, I didn't see any Star Wars ones. You know, somebody usually does cosplay. So, you know, where are our Star Wars fans out there? Maybe yeah. somebody can send us something on the Facebook Saber page. Saber challenge. Well, Just put it out there. Saber yeah. challenge. Saber challenge. Get, Try to climb a milk crate with a saber. Saber fight. We ought to get that Star Wars kid from uh, from 20 years ago. See if he wants to jump up there with his... Broom, uh, you mean Broom Boy? Broom Boy. Yeah, Broom Boy. <laughs> Spinning around. Broom Boy. Yeah, whatever happened to him, but that's another story for another day, right? I don't know. But I'll tell you this, the Milk Crate Challenge has got to be doing pretty good because MTV is just ridiculousness now. And that, like, that is a thing that is just directly designed to yeah. be showed on ridiculousness, like, for next year. It's like, it's it's ridiculousness has become a thing where it's creating and generating its own content as it goes along. It's right. terrifying to me. Yeah. Kind of like lives on TikTok Live basically is what it is now, so. Very, great, very, great. Very. But yeah, guys, just kind of get into... Uh, this week's episode, we all watched a Solo again, and very, very interested. Uh, before we came on air, as we usually do our uncut stuff, which we'll probably release to some of you guys here at some point. But um, yeah, some interesting points. Um, definitely going over the Clone Wars and doing a lot of Bad Bats kind of, I mean, opens a few of our eyes as far as how we view things. So just kind of starting it off, I know Hitch was a, was a big, big, big kind of... Um, Maybe guy who flipped his opinion on it. Just give us your early review on that movie so far, Hitch. So after that, the talk about what you did, what you thought about it before. Yeah, right. So my my stuff when this came out, we were already doing the show. So I think there's tape at least for me and uh, me and DP, maybe even for Ken. I think you might have been on that too. Mm -hmm. Where I think I gave it a B plus. I'm pretty sure, and I said it was good, but I, it was hard for me to get past the fact that it wasn't Harrison Ford being um, being Han Solo. It was tough. And one of the things that the recent new material from Star Wars has done is it really made it so that I like this movie a lot more. Uh, between the Mandalorian and the call-ins there and the stuff from the Clone Wars it's paying off, um, I think this was a much more interesting movie. Uh, the Pikes actually showed up on film. Cool, yeah. right? <clears throat> Very interested to remember how they were portrayed. Um, I liked how they broadened the depth of what life is like with the Empire. You know, um, it's it's nice after seeing where they're starting out in Bad Batch, how, you know, their hand's just going to get heavier and heavier and heavier, right? Um, so to see that progression is really interesting. And this time, I was not distracted by the fact that it was Alden Ehrenreich instead of Harrison Ford playing 
Hansel, I think maybe this is one of those movies where upon repeat viewing, it will increase in quality in our estimation because it is a well-constructed movie. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, watching it again, I just watched it uh, this afternoon. I think that actor studied Harrison. I mean, I feel it. He studied his, his just like when Ewan McGregor took over the Kenobi uh, role, they studied the, the, the master. They studied the, the pattern, the timing, the, the emotion, the emphasis. Just that scene. Okay, so there's a scene where Han and Chewie are on that. Um, they're on it. They're on that. They're on the, uh, a, a gangplank. They're on a uh, some sort of a platform of some sort, and they're having actually Han and Chewie banter. This is where Chewie tells him his name, and he's like, "No, no, no, I need something shorter." Right. That could have been Harrison Ford saying those lines. I mean. <laughs> It was perfect, and to me, I'm a fanboy. I'm a, I'm, a, you know, I'm a sucker for all the 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 pandering that they do. That was a that was a great scene for me, and then the whole Lando thing with the Millennium Falcon and seeing it for the first time. And Jesus Christ, what a great! I mean, I would, I actually have to if there was like a higher number than ten, I would have to give it something. No, we're like back. Over. We're back to the realm of. Give, give. All ten Ken. That's his name, right? All ten Ken. I mean, this this this, this, this film had so much great stuff in it, and just even the scene where Han where Han is giving uh, um, Kira all this trouble about her 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 capes, and then he goes in for the kill with that kiss. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was absolutely Harrison and Fisher to yeah. the to the nth degree. I mean, they really put they injected the old star wars feel back into things for me i mean it was i mean i i i could watch it again and again and again it's great so much good stuff yeah i thought it was a um yeah when i wish uh um seen it in theaters i think on our last podcast um hitch um i told you i fell asleep <laughs> 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 and <laughs> and woke back up and okay it was like some stuff more some more stuff going on i was i i i it took me to see the clone wars and to start this whole podcast journey with you guys to really get their appreciation of what how vast this world is um you know we're at the point where you know the galactic empire is taking over and you know we're in like the the, the sort of like the um downwards um the the tone is off the mood is off the the what we've seen in like the bad batch we've seen like you know dread greed you know just doom and gloom and everything you know in the bad batch this is telling like a a, a different side of the story it's the same story same everything is going on you know you still got like you know heists and stuff going on you know chaos and stuff going all around but you got Han, who's really kind of optimistic about his journey, you know, right. and he's 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 the lighthearted. He's that one we needed at this point in our journey at the Carbonite Bounty BS yeah. journey yeah. To, to to lighten this whole thing up. You know, it's a, um, it's it was a really good thing to really see this world sort of lighten up, even with all the stuff that was going on. And right. Really, you know, um, bring back like that—that that true Star Wars feel of what I 
what I've seen in like the, you know, the um um like uh New Hope and like you know Return of the Jedi and you know stuff like that and everything. Um I loved uh uh Lando. <laughs> he was he was just you know that's perfect. He was perfect, you know, as Lando. I, I loved the um L3 <laughs> and her her back and forth with Lando and everything, and then like you know, um <laughs> the 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 one scene where her and Kieran, you know, talk in in the cockpit, yeah, yeah, right. the, the cockpit and everything, and you know, Kieran was just asking like, well, how would that work? <laughs> Talking about <It> works, <laughs> you you know, Lando loves me and everything, but I don't have any type of feelings for him. <laughs> that shit, that just would work. And then she was just like, well, how would that work? You know, that was a really decent scene when the Millennium Falcon showed up. I was like, yep, I know that reference right there. So. Um, that was good. The whole um, the the Kessel Run with the, the main event of the story and everything that was you know um, phenomenal as far as like the whole like the visual you know visualization of that and really displaying how much Han is he he just doesn't care. I mean he believes that he's going to get the job done and believes he's just going to um you know um get through like you know the um you know through his fight. <laughs> just that confident in, in himself being a pilot, you just ride for this guy throughout like the whole story. I'm, I'm not even thinking, as, as he said, I'm not even thinking about Harrison Ford. I'm thinking about this guy and his journey. He's, 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 he's for right now, you know, um, Harrison Ford was who he was back then. And he's still a, you know, great Han Solo, but you know, people age and, you know, age out of the, um, the role and everything. This is a good flashback story with a great actor playing uh, with a good actor. I'm not saying great with a good actor playing a great character. So I'm, yeah. not, I'm good with it. Yeah. I mean, I feel everything you guys said as well. I, I felt like the way this movie was shot, because I'll, I'm going to be honest, me being the guy who watches everything Star Wars early, when I read the reviews on this, I actually didn't watch this movie for a couple weeks. When I heard it being slammed and people said it was bad, I'm like, look, I'm not seeing this. I'll wait till this goes to DVD. Like, uh -oh. no chance. I'm going to watch this. I honestly was mad that I waited because when I seen it and then watching this again, I'm like, where is the hate at? This is a great movie. The actors were, I mean, and I guess, I don't know if Donald Glover would be considered A-list, but I mean, I thought they had a great cast, the movie, the flow of it. And to be honest, this look looked like it was on like 70 millimeter. This made me feel like four, five, and six. So the way they shot this, it was like not this new digital film that you see. This really looked like it was shot with traditional cameras. It didn't look super CGI to me, um, if that's even a word, but it didn't look really CGI'd. Um, I just thought the movie was great as a whole, um, kind of. And we'll, we'll progress to this, you know, when we see other characters who. This will be the first time that we found out he's alive outside of an animated season. So um, I thought the the way they tied this together was great. But um, leading into a really interesting point, I know we talked about in, in uh, DP, it said his Han's journey. The only thing I would question Disney on, and I've always said this, I've discussed this with friends, you know, outside of this realm, like, you know, just talking about the character. I really think the Han Solo movie after this young Han, we'll call him, when he transforms kind of to this kind of not really bitter person, but more of a scoundrel per se, really? I would like to see mm -hmm. Disney take a chance and make a rated R movie. 
I mean, Star Wars. I think we see, and not just because of his sexual kind of content and, you know, how he's a ladies' man and how, you know, how he is, but I really think they should really take a chance on the character of Han Solo. And he, because, I mean, this is where, you know, we've seen how he felt when he lost his first girlfriend kind of emotionally. He's making this turn before he meets Leia to this kind of player kind of, you know, he's a scoundrel, you know, he's spice running. He's kind of like, I don't know, like your neighborhood kind of, you know, drug dealer, maybe he goes on a dark path for a while. So, you know, it's, I'd like to see him take a chance on this second solo movie and make it a lot more dark character to kind of show that side of Han before he met and, you know, kind of settled down kind of like your guy who's, you know, rebellious in his early twenties, maybe to he meets that one that settles him down. But, uh, you know, I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on that. I would like to see him take a chance. Yeah, that'd be interesting if Disney would uh, up the ante and, and go into that R rating. And so what what would what would motivate them to do that? Like, they've got these the story, two I think, yeah. stories. Yeah, the story, yeah. right? So Han has to meet Boba Fett at some point. Right. So that could be a huge dig into that i mean because i mean that's going to push han over the edge because boba fett is always a a trigger for him you know in the story that we know so let's see that let's see what happens and pushes han into that that darker level right that would be the that would be a great uh maybe a great catalyst for the, for disney i'm on i want to be put on a record i'm totally against any r-rated star wars stuff don't don't ever go there. This is not the type of universe where you just do that. Are you I, serious? I, all for a mature story, but not. Oh no. So so it's so, so you know, T Mitch, what do you mean by R rating? Like, what are you at? What are you feeling? Is the is just the, 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 the content? <laughs> you know, just, for... Yeah. Well, you know, the content maybe you know more the language. Um, I mean, it's not even. I guess like I mean, they say nerf her in episode. Yeah. Five. Yeah. yeah, nerf I mean, is pretty. pretty <laughs> yeah. What do you want from them? I mean, they uh, say it. Yeah, I mean, maybe some blood and gore, and obviously people think about you know because when everybody sees rated R, they think of sexual content, and that necessarily. I was like, you bad. cannot, yeah. you cannot have Han Solo no. hanging dong in a no. galaxy far, far away. Disney would never allow that to no, happen. Like that. That. I, I'm just more, you know, more of a dark theme kind of, you know, or like Deadpool. like like Deadpool is minus the bedroom, minus the bedroom scene. And you got to think Deadpool from the content, not from Ryan Reynolds and those like jokes and stuff he did. But I mean, the movie was pretty, it was pretty gory. It was, it was different, but I just think that they need to take a chance on the movie. Cause I mean, if you read his story in the EU, I mean, he was a pretty nasty guy. Like, you know, he was pretty dirty. You, you could take chances on a more mature story. It doesn't necessarily need to, to be rated R for it to, to function as like a, um, a more, you know, a more mature, darker story, you know? Yeah, um, but but to your point though, the audience who views Han Solo is us, which will be able to watch it because you're looking at it from a neutral spot, a neutral kind of a casual, you know, outlook. I don't think the kids will still even at this point will react to the character like we will. So it, as a viewing audience, I think that audience will be more receptive to a rated R movie because it's going to be us watching it. Like I, when what were, I, what, were, what were the ratings on the um the 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 sequel trilogies? Was it PG thirteen or was it PG? PG thirteen for episode nine for sure. Mm, okay, um, stick That's with. I mean, you 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 stick with that, and 
just don't Disney it out. Just just keep it mature. Um, you can have a strong PG-13 movie without having a bro. I, I just think it's something sacred. And it's just, just my opinion. I am coming from the casual, you know, um, uh, viewer. It's just something sacred to me about the Star Wars universe not having to go that extreme route. I could see stories because in reality, I mean, you're going to have blood and you're going to have gore, you know, when you, you're talking about these, you know, uh, weapon type and destruction and violent situations. But I, I think it's just something sacred about this particular universe not not going that route, um, even to, to please us, you know, mature fans or whatever. So can I ask you an interesting to play devil's advocate question then? Mm hmm. So then does that flip your you're doing that based on a family concept, right? I'm I'm just based on on what for what I've seen so far about this uh, whole universe. I mean, yeah, but I, you find, you find it like something that a family should be able to share together, right? Not necessarily. I'm just saying that I don't I, I don't think I would I would it would take me out of it a bit if, if <laughs> the story has to be really good. It has right. to be really good in order for it to really to to justify it actually. A Star Wars story carrying an R rating—that's an extreme yeah. concept. So and I mean, to be some gritty, some you know. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now let me pitch something else because I think I think I'm with you, DP. If we're talking about like Episode Ten rated R, I'm out. Right. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Correct. But like, what if what if I sold you a Bad Batch movie that was rated R? <laughs> <clears throat> what if I pitched it to you and I said it's yeah. just it's just gritty. Yeah realistic it oh, said yeah. han solo shows okay. up see see he missed and you've got violence and you've got a lot of like torture and <laughs> and you know but there's torture in star wars there's already torture yeah like, that's the thing. It's like all this stuff's there like, it's, it's already there. there it's already there we're just gonna up it a little bit i couldn't dig it hitch i can dig it you give me a bad bash r-rated movie I can. I, I think the fans will. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. You. You got me. You sold. You me. flipped already. I'm. I'm flipped already. <laughs> pancake. The pancake already. You flipped already. You flipped, flipped them right over. Pancaked them. No. I, I just. You know. I don't know. I, I come from the, I mean. I kind of get in like what Ken was saying. When people say that they don't want to do this or that, you know, our ratings because of like it's, it's a family concept. I get it. But then you, you go back to the, the point we talked about last week. If everybody's about family, then why is it why does it cost um, eight thousand dollars to go to Galactus Car Cruiser? That's not about family. So yeah. you can't have it both ways, whether it's a movie studio or not. It's the same. Right. So we talk about a rating because of tradition. I mean, you're breaking up a family now because a family can't even afford to enjoy theirself and live in Star Wars anymore. I, I can, I can. Okay, so with with that being said, because you definitely pancaked me, I, I'm, I'm, I, Hitch sold me. You know, he sold me. You know, he did a better what job if, selling the concept than you know than than you did, T. Mitch. What if what if it's rated R, but it's just because of L three jokes? Like she just gets really grimy. Really and she's dirty. just like, well, you know how there's the pro, the, there's the pro. I mean, and then, it just goes Lando's on. There's some uncomfortable silence on the bridge. Lando's movie would be Ray R rated for sure. He's nasty. Oh man, I can I, I can see that. Yeah, he's can, nasty. <laughs> yeah, Lando's the R rated character for sure. Oh man, yeah, I can see that. Oh. I would watch that too. You know, that's two, right? So I would watch a Bad Batch R rated for that reason. I would watch watch 
whatever Lando's getting up to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just curious. I just want to see it now. You know how what I mean? Riskier. I would buy that book he's writing in this yeah, movie. I would buy that book for sure. Calrissian. Calrissian. <laughs> they just need to do that. He's wild. Man. He's a wild character. Oh, man. I think the funny part, you know, and fast forward it all the way when we even had seen an episode nine, like kind of like this little sly jokes he was doing. I I was just like, man, this guy, Billy D, man, it was hilarious when he was doing the banter with Leia and stuff. I'm like, man, this guy still doesn't care. I can dig it. Ultimate ladies, man. Yeah, this this movie was a um. I I can I can still see points in, in 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 parts of the movie where. I, I wouldn't say that it was it should be hate towards it or whatever, but it wasn't the best Star Wars movie. So it's a, it's, it's a grant, you know, grant that um, I'm still going back to when it came out. It came out way too soon um, from 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 the um, the last Jedi. Yeah, the last Jedi. Yeah, it came out way too soon, you know, from that movie. But just standing on, you know, standing alone, you get the sort of sense and feel of what Rogue One tried to accomplish. And what the the Clone Wars and Bad Batch and um, probably what, you know what we're going to see in Rebels, um, just telling stories outside of the Skywalker saga, and not and and depending on the world itself, the world building itself to carry. Because really, Star Wars is about the world. You know, as far as I'm looking at, it, it's about the the world in itself, and it's so many stories that you could tell within a galaxy. And and just like I was saying before. I'm seeing in this in this iteration of with this movie the lightheartedness of the darkness that's that's present in this galaxy. I would have never gotten that had I not seen like the Clone Wars and Bad Batch. It would just seem to me everything that's happening on us in the, on the peripherals um, is just a joke. Um, when when uh, when when if you're watching like you know Solo without any of that context and everything. Now mm-hmm. you're seeing things in like, uh, um, oh man, this is, is some heavy stuff going on in this galaxy, and this one guy is trying to, um, he's just trying to make it. He's just trying mm-hmm. to, you know, do his thing and you know keep his head above water, and he's just being optimistic on every single. And I'm like, I can t- I can appreciate that where I didn't appreciate it when I first seen it. Yeah, right. yeah, that's the best word for for Han. Is optimism. I mean, because he every single conflict that he comes in. So the first the first conflict was uh okay, they lost they lost the freight, they lost the what was the what the hell was that called? The um the energy, yeah, the collection. They lost it, gone. Now they're now they're dead, right? Because the the uh, the 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 mafia are like you didn't bring us the prize, we're gonna kill you. What, did, what does he say to Beckham? He's like, yeah, I'll come with you. We're going to fix this. He's like totally like so optimistic about the whole thing where we're thinking, yeah, right. You're walking into a death trap. Mm-hmm. And look what happened. It all worked out. <laughs> That's what he said. Tell me the odds. He worked it out. Tell me the odds. Exactly. He's like, Hey, we got this. Don't worry about it. Beckett's like, who is this kid? And even even Voss is is like, this this guy's got potential. I mean, he's overlooking every obstacle that could possibly come down the pike. Haha, <laughs> reference. And <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got everything. He's like one of us just dumped into this battle. How would we act? We would be we'd be the same way. We want to be as optimistic as, as possible. Our lives are 
filled with conflict and things that we have to fight through. So what are you going to do? Get bogged down in the, the oh, this is terrible. Oh, I'll never get through this. No, yeah. you got to push through. Yeah. Be positive. Yeah. I mean, he's got the right idea. He's, he's definitely, I mean, he's definitely a positive figure, you know, for everybody in the movie because he definitely affects everybody in a certain type of way, you know, and they, they, if it wasn't for the fact that they turned on him in the air, it was a great crew. <laughs> I like I like Woody Harrelson. I liked his role and everything. Um, the, what was it, my one guy who ended up dying in the, in the sort of like towards the beginning uh, when they did the train? Um, the the little eight the pilot, yeah, the pilot, yeah, the pilot. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to see more, you know, more of that guy and everything, you know. That's and Favreau. He's busy. Yeah. He's busy with Star Wars now. <laughs> that's, that's like a Maz, that was a Maz uh, creature, right? Yeah, like Maz, like that. Uh, who's that Wookie? Isn't that wasn't that the same life life form as um Maz? Maz, mm. I don't know. I'm not sure. Not sure. You, I you think there's some, some relation because they were similarly featured and kind of interesting, like kind of bossy, kind of like uh, I'm, you know, I'm I'm more than I than you think I am, you know. Um, but I'm a similar character. Oh, Maz, I'm, I'm just drew a blank. I think maybe they could be the same, but I, uh, six, I think he's more like Dex. He reminds me more of the, the Dex, yeah, Dex yeah. and that crazy general from the um, Lucamai trilogy. Mm. Reminds me of those guys, but I don't know. He's got a bunch of arms though, and yeah, no extra lives. I mean, I feel bad that that guy died. I mean, oh. Such he might as well had a had a picture in his wallet of a boat that says "Live Forever." Like I'm retiring after this job. It's the last job. And he was the first one to say, "Man, you're a pretty good pilot." Because what does Han say? "I'm a great pilot," and and that's the whole thing. Like Luke's like, "I'm not such a bad pilot," and Han's like, "Really? I'm a better pilot than anybody in this in this entire saga." <laughs> even for sensitive people that know what's about to happen i'm better right. and he is he reads is better in all the all the um, literature which is perhaps plot armor uh because you know they're not allowed to kill off on solo in some splinter of the mind's eye bs you yeah, know exactly. can't do that so he's never gonna die so of course he's op as far as his skill but have you guys ever this is something that's interesting and, and, and i kind of picked up on it. have you ever had like an idea that you could do something preternaturally you know what I mean? Like he feels like I can fly. I'm a pilot. I can do it. I know I can do it. And then he can't. You know what I mean? Like it's a rare thing that you have that sort of confidence one, and then it pays yeah. off, right? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like you, oh, know, you know who has that? Like a Michael Myers. Little kids, they think they can do anything, but mm -hmm. they can't. They have this thing. Like they haven't experienced enough. They think they can accomplish anything. They try and do it, and they fail. But they don't care. They move on. They do the next thing. But Hitch is saying that okay, you have this thing in you, and you you believe you can do it, and all of a sudden you can actually do that. You yeah, know? I mean that, that would be like you're like a prodigy child. Look at these like these uh this these gymnasts. I think there was a kid on the X Games who was nine who won like a is somebody in the Olympics who was like twelve or something won a gold medal. Like that's mm -hmm. not taught. That's like he's saying that's something that's like innate. He said, I'm a skateboard when I start walking and the kid won a gold medal at age 12 or something like <clears throat> uh, that's one of those things. You can't you can't measure that. There's no like. Yeah. Yeah. He has, he has medical obviously. Yeah. 
like, you, if you go back to like Jordan documentaries or read up on the guy and everything, you know, he grew up um, being um, in competition with his brother who was better than him back then and everything. But he was just so competitive and just believed that, okay, he can overcome whatever deficiency that he couldn't beat with his brother. Um, people were telling him that he couldn't do things because of the size and, you know, he wasn't ever going to be as good as certain things. The guy just kept pushing and pushing it through. And what did he become? You know, he became like the the, the greatest, the GOAT, you know, as they say, of, of, um, of that time and everything, because he knew, he knew, yeah. he knew. It's very similar to Michael Jackson's story. I mean, that's the same way. Yeah, yeah. And anybody who... He wasn't, he wasn't even supposed to sing. And by the way... There, there can be no Michael Jackson hate with me. So that's just that's another side story. I, I'm just like the biggest fan. I'll always be. But yeah. oh, Michael yeah. Jackson was a was a genius. The greatest. The greatest. He would have been a Jedi life. master. Jordan <laughs> <laughs> would have been a Jedi master too. Yeah. Boy, if there was a Jedi <laughs> master. <laughs> but if Michael Jackson had been in the Jedi Order, Palpatine would have just scandaled them out. He wouldn't have had to do anything. <laughs> He would have danced in the day. I have discovered he, horrible things in the temple. Yeah. He's doing things at this camp, this parade, with all these horses. What is he doing? Keep away from the kids. Yeah, no younglings, right? Yeah. Keep away from the younglings. At least they'd have carnival rides and carnival, right? <laughs> Neverland would have been on Neverland's Coruscant. That's what I'm, that's what I'm dubbing it. Why is the uh, unicorn horn there? No. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Oh, Palpatine. He's my guy, yeah. I mean, there's a there, there's a backhand of Palpatine references, though, even in this, you know, because remember, this is where um this is his master plan for Maul after he shocks him. Mm. This is the plan he wants him to run out, and this is him, as you said, DP, collecting that money to basically fund, you know, the the, the new empire, you know. Why? So yeah. Why? Because this is because the organized crime is functioning as an arm of the government, and what Palpatine wants to do is he wants to he wants to move these resources around so that he can just come in and have an off the books army do things that he doesn't have to to claim. That's the whole that's the whole point of running running these things for organized crime. You see a lot a lot of this stuff happens in authoritarian cultures because what organized crime gives you is a ten out of ten, and there is no higher number than that. But a ten out of ten in loyalty. Well, they'll do whatever you say. And governmentals can't do that because people usually won't do bad things right away when you tell them to do them, right? So so this is all part of Palpatine's overall plan. And you see the Empire is, again, in its string of Ws, right? This is the Empire at its peak, the most powerful. No one's even taking any, like, there's no cracks showing in the Empire right now. Everything's clicking along. You know, um, they have the recruiting stuff out. The blockchain stuff's working. Travel's restricted. People are trapped at different places. Squalor is increasing, which I know is a big helmet. But look, conditions on the ground here, I think um, six or seven years into Palpatine's reign, are deteriorating a little bit. You know, we talk about the politics of Palpatine's coup and it being, you know, portrayed by Palpatine as a proletarian takeover, a takeover of the people. And here we see very plainly the Palpatine and his government do not care about. Uh, you know, the underclass of people in the galaxy, they don't give it, they don't, they don't care. Right. You know, we see that on display. And so it's interesting to see, you know, how there's a little bit of a false promise in the empire, which I was, I'm a little surprised of, you know what I mean? I didn't think that there was ever any sort of like 
uh, wool over the eyes in the galaxy far, far away. But there was. Wow. I mean, I mean, that's that's an interesting point when you talk about you know you know classes and whatnot because think about it he left the lower class really to the huts you know that was i would really i really expected him to have like a bigger presence in the spice mines kind of the drug the galactic drug game if you will because that was easy money so for him to say i don't really care about that because that's easy money for him to build the empire faster he didn't worry about that he worried about the higher class people and and bigger things and left that to the huts and really a lot of the other scoundrels that's kind of manage that and to my knowledge he really didn't even go after the huts or anything that was like lower class to him he didn't focus on that he left it to them to kind of manage so that's you know my that's like a drawback on me that i thought like is maybe a fault of palpatine you know to maybe that's like a you know a biggest piece of the pie that he could have maybe capitalized on that he didn't even he turned his head to kind of turned his shoulder to but black yeah. markets they, they exist to handle all the extra legal commerce right right and the exactly. empire, the emperor, is already in charge of all the legal commerce. Right. So by being in charge of the black market, the emperor is eliminating any competition right. to himself for authority, period. There will be no thought, eroding yeah. of the norms from corruption at all because the corrupt system that would replace the empire is run by Palpatine. Right. So that system will not overthrow Palpatine. Correct. <laughs> he's in pretty. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, and and also the higher up you are, the less sensitive you are to small little nuances in the in the structure, right? So right. he's looking at very few things. How many systems do I have control of, and where are my where are my major fleets deployed? And so he's not looking at the little tiny things, and that's how the rebellion gets in. Yeah, the, those are the cracks that Hitch was talking about. Right, and that's how they get in because you're not looking at the small little, little, little changes, little, little disturbances in the force that you should be because you're too big. You're like looking at this huge map, and that's why you need to have good people in all levels to really take a look at things in a in a structured way. And that 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 was probably the biggest downfall of the in the galactic empires. They weren't looking at how the the mafia was being turned because that's the thing you, you get into these small little cracks. I can make a deal with you, T Mitch, right? I can make a deal with you. Hey, I'll give you R rated Disney movies. You give me your planet. <laughs> right? You give me control of your planet. You let me use it as a landing zone or a, uh, an LZ. I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to refuel my my ships there. I'm going to you know feed my troops. And here's all these great videos you can watch in the middle of the night and you'll you know you're going to love these things. And you're like, "Yeah, cool." Palpatine didn't even see that. Right. See, we just went R-rated right there. You did. <laughs> you said it right in. See? It was, it was, it was in, it was in the, in when the, when the content was there, we were keeping in, in theme of everything. We just went, we just went R because we, we dug deep. <laughs> we dug deep. But is it the same, is it, it isn't the flip of that what, what made the Republic, you know, go down? It's the same, you know, you're, you're not paying attention to like the cracks and everything yeah. um, and things are just bubbling up. So it's sort of like cyclical in a way, you know, um, um, except, I mean, you you don't have like this one entity, 
you know, trying to create like an author, you know, uh, authoritarian, um, um, you know, type of control and stuff. But it's still the same concept. Yep. It just, but there's a big, but there's a power. Yeah, you know. But there's a big difference between the sort of you know, the sort of soft corruption of the republic, which is sort of a naturally occurring feature of of um, of governance there, the, a lack of oversight, and and the the graft of the empire, right? The graft of it. I mean, the empire is wholly ordered to increase the power and wealth of Sheev Palpatine. That's all it is for. That's all, what it exists to do and the only thing that it ever does. And, you know, to put into perspective, like, you know, we talk about, you know, wealth inequality in our time is a, is a story and, you know, the veracity of why that is or if it should be is, is its own conversation that I don't really want to get into. But to use an example from, from human history, the in the Roman Empire versus the Roman Republic, the Roman Republic had a lot of problems that were caused because a small number of people were getting a hold of a big piece of the money, right? And so there were these huge estates and, you know, uh, yeoman farmers were getting kicked off their farms and things were consolidating. So there was a, a lot of issues that was causing. Well, Augustus, the Roman emperor, when he died, he owned half of all the money in circulation. Mm. Half. So that is the difference is that there is a purpose to um, the corruption of the empire. And that is to uh, self deal to the emperor. It is a feature, not a bug of all authority authoritarian systems, because if you allow monetary power centers to uh, exist, they will eventually attempt to become political power centers. There is no, there's no political mechanism to prevent that from happening. Right. So Palpatine will not let that happen. And it's from a Machiavellian political philosophy, like power perspective, this is probably the correct chess move to make. Although we should mention very immoral, <laughs> very wrong to do those things. But it's too big, right? You can't take over everything. You can't just. Well, that's, 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 that's the, that's the, the, the fall, the, what do you want to call it? The, um, the, the, the failure of power and everything. I mean, you're so consumed with it. I mean, you see it in a cartoon type of takeover of movie, you know, movies and everything, stories and stuff, you know, to trying to the 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 takeover of power and stuff, but it's 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 only so you can only you can't control all the people. You know, you could control like a lot of the but and, and you can only do it in in a, 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 a short amount of time or a certain period of time. It can't be something that lasts forever. So it sort of gives you um, gives you a question why people seek it. And, you know, if they do end up getting it, what is like the the is it a satisfactory motivation, you know, for the people to actually to, to that actually have it? You know, and I know no hitch is probably thinking about certain things. Um, but it's um power is it power is an interesting thing in 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 uh I guess the wrong hands, you know. Um and to really try to grab hold of it is a sort of thing that you want, but when you actually have it, um, is it worth it? Yeah. And I think that's where the empire started to fail is if you're gonna control people, you've got to give them something. You have to give them something to believe in. You got to give them some some sort of value. You got to give them something because if they're giving all this power to you, they still want to survive and live and be happy. Right. And, you know, so you got to give them something back. So if they're not seeing the value of the power that you're giving them, 
they're going to start to look elsewhere. Which leads us back to our R rating, because if you're not getting what you need, you're going to look elsewhere, right? It's called Lando. Yeah, it's called Lando. Let's just call Lando Calrissian, and he's going to tell you where you need to look for these things that are going to satisfy you. He's going to find it for you. So political revolution usually can't happen in a time of plenty. It's harder to happen when there's not a crisis. Uh, it's the reason that there was so much political revolution in and around the end of World War One, um, in the early 20th century, because there were so many crisis points and a lot of failure. There's a lot of stuff that happened. They got it. They got World War One and a pandemic that was like ten times worse than the one we have all at once. About uh, at the end of World War One, yeah, right. So, on it. so they turned. They turned. Crisis got turned up to eleven, and it's what allowed, um, you know, the uh, tyrannical, um, you know, tyrannical philosophies like authoritarianism, Nazism, and communism to sort of take root because they sort of say, you know, well, we have an, an urgent situation we need to deal with. The niceties of uh, right and wrong need to be dispensed with, and then they're and they're okay with that. That's what those uh, philosophies do. And Palpatine is has promised that, but Palpatine has sold his takeover of the government as legitimate, meaning. Uh, to put to actually do the things he says and put the power back toward um, improving the station of the lives of the citizens of the republic, which is the legitimate exercise of the political power, and has instead replaced that end with the uh, the protection and, and, and aggrandizement of himself, the one of Palpatine, right? And that perversion is what will eventually cause. The government to fall because a government that does not act with moral authority can develop no moral authority and if a government doesn't have moral authority there is no difference between um taxation and theft mm, right. and yeah. so people eventually get tired of that um there's a lot of like obviously there's a lot of factors to that you know how heavy-handed is the government and we know the empire is 100 out of 100 <laughs> no yeah. it'll hammer and hit you with a hammer so you know and it took another hammer behind them Right. So it took until they started really, really swinging the hammers, right? And then with Alderaan, now all of a sudden, you know, the galaxy realizes they're, they're, you know, they're in something. And so there's a significant, um, a significant resistance to Palpatine. It's, but, it, but it's interesting that we see the turn here, right? The emperor, if the emperor said, give me power and I will help you, then we see here at the seven years, right? That that was a, a hollow promise, which is going to cause problems in the underclass, as we said. Right. So we should see some revolutionary, you know, fervor, and we should see some anti-government sentiment begin to start popping up, um, you know, around the time of Solo, where they start, people start getting tired of, of the heavy-handed, you know, fighting back. Exactly. And why are we building so many ships if there's no war? Like these, these shipyard planets, like Corellia, we see them building star destroyers, and on Corellia, at the beginning of this, you see them pulling the bridge, the bridge uh, spire up to a star destroyer. Yep. Why are they building so many star destroyers? Who are they fighting? Why do they need so many? Especially if they just like I get you got to decommission the clones and cycle them through with, you know, real conscript soldiers and stuff, but like the the equipment didn't suddenly explode or didn't suddenly disintegrate right. so why do you need to start a, like so much of a military presence if you're not going to fight any ex exterior threat which you may find um um 
is the reason for Han's optimism, you know, his blind optimism in a way, you know. He may not be aware of everything that's going on, but he sees cracks in the in a matrix, if you want to call it, you know. So he's able to to navigate about in his world with a little bit of op optimism. Well, this is not as bad as it could be, or is 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 it it if he was to experience what we what we seen in like the Bad Batch and Clone Wars, like the fall and everything, Han probably wouldn't have be this optimistic. You know, yeah. we're at a point right now to where he could have this development of optimism based on his time in this world. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, so he's a direct result of what's going on at right. that point in time. You know, as we as we discuss this movie more, you know, and I'm just kind of like thinking through my mind some things that really like excited me in the movie um, and to see where they kind of took it, you know, from a Disney Star Wars perspective. So I did like how they kind of how the movie started with the speeder chase scene. Yeah, it looked like a cleaner scene of the original, like yeah. the uh, the Anakin's pod race. So I like how they've taken things as we said from previous movies. They sprinkled them and they cleaned them up. So it just shows how. Not only is it just Star Wars, but it seems like Disney, and it's even in other aspects, whether it be Marvel. It seems like they have a really good track record of maybe backlash or something that people didn't feel was the best and cleaning that up and kind of regurgitating it into maybe another form of media, but cleaning that up a lot more. And I, I've noticed that, you know, Star Wars, even with the Mandalorian we've covered, um, Bad Batch and these animated series, there's a lot more stuff that we've seen. It seems like it's, you know, as the seasons go on, they, they rectify a lot of issues or plot points that we thought were issues. So I really appreciate that. Um, from that perspective. Well, with that being said, I, I think I'm going to have some questions by the time we get to a new hope and return of the Jedi. <laughs> so forget so, empire empire strikes back is the greatest. I'm well, not going to have any questions about empire. You know Everyone, I, I shouldn't have said has any questions about that one. a new hope and um, empire strikes back, not return of the Jedi and the, those two movies. It's going to be some questions there and some, some back feeling um, of story um plot and everything now that i'm gonna be like okay um this is happening either too quickly or you know it needs a lot more context which i think oh, yeah. is is where the books and you know like eu stuff like fills it in and all that stuff but um i, I <laughs> the back feeling that 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 dave filoni is um doing for a lot of this stuff was seeing the um to 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 when when is this almost like when is his stories going to overlap like a new hope, you know, it will yeah, be yeah. to that to that level, and and that's what I was getting at, and that's why I think they're going to rewrite seven, eight, nine, because I think realistically, and we've all talked about it, like that's my big thing. The Luke Skywalker series is coming. I don't know. I mean, they're not going to do a young Luke probably, so it would have to be either between five and six, but more than likely, people want to know between six and seven. So what drives him, and we discussed it, is it the loss of Mara Jade, which is a big character that's been out there. And you, as you know, when Disney hear these names, like the Ahsoka Tano thing, it comes. So I, I more than likely, we will see either Mara Jade or some kind of love loss that not only, you know, was the loss of his father and everything that happened, but something drove him other than Palpatine in the exile. So I think we'll see that 
the Luke series to kind of fill in the backside of Return of the Jedi. But I, I'm with you, DP. I've always been a giant fan of Star Wars since a kid. But I did think that kind of like we saw the Clone Wars, like, you know, Empire Strikes Back could have been a two-parter because there's some context yeah. missing there. Um, so maybe Filoni does go in and try to fill in something, maybe be an animated series. I don't think they'll do a live action between that. But, yeah, I mean, when, when we get to those again, I'd like to see that. And, you know, it ties into this next point. There's already murmurs of a solo two coming out that kind of would lead up to, you know, the that kind of, you know, Tatooine. We we might get to Tatooine with with a young Luke or maybe a, uh, you know, we'll see because we have Sol- we have a um, what Obi Wan coming out, so maybe that'll butt up. And as we see, I mean, all these things are mashing up to maybe that kind of uh, Thrawn type, you know, maybe that's like the kind of head villain of this whole first phase of this felony verse so all this stuff is like like a chain link it's linking up or like we said like he's knitting a blanket crocheting a blanket up i mean it's all all these stories are leading up to something big yeah it's just man, a little it, lot more slower than the marvel universe would be yeah but i mean it's it's a different type of universe right you know, the rules and stuff um right. as much as you want to see the 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 seven eight nine rewritten um I, I i just see because of palpatine's return in like the the ninth episode um, I see some backfilling already being done, you know, with Grogu and, um, you know, uh, the, the, the experiments and all that stuff going on just paying off as a reason to why that happened, you know, when uh, all, him all of a sudden just appearing out of just nowhere and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it will give a lot of reason and context, leaving those movie in place and backfilling, you know, some of those stories. Now, is that a satisfying way to tell a universal story? I don't know, <laughs> but um, but it is the universe is what it is, and it has its, its fans, and it has its you know um, uh, rules and stuff. And what I'm just seeing right now coming from the outside, and as I see that Star Wars is this type of universe where you have everything in place, and bits and pieces throughout time are being told to backfill stuff to make certain other parts make sense, um, but still. You, you're not it's not like the Marvel universe where everything is up in the air where it could just go anywhere you don't have multi-universes you just have one star wars universe and that's it yeah not necessarily connect you guys you haven't seen rebels yet so i would hold on that hold off on that <laughs> you have not seen rebels yet so hold off on that you sweet please. summer child please hold off please hold off on that it's uh you know finishing you mentioned something, and, that, and this is this is one criticism that I had about this movie while we were watching it today, while my wife and I were watching it today. And it was that this movie seems like it would have been a way better miniseries. And to the point where this plot seems like it would have been way better as a series of short stories rather than as one big overall story. Yeah. Um, I wanted more time with Beckett. I want more time with that crew to exist. I feel like that could have been a whole one season of the show. I... I it's it's telling to me that at the end of the day, my main negative point is structure type. And if that's the case, that's something that just says that if they were, they did it, they had to put an origin story on this because it's like the Thor, the Thor of Han Solo. You have to show how he became Han Solo. I think if we see Solo too, it can focus on a more incremental period. It can show us one heist so to speak from start to end and without having to be labyrinthine and show me the beginning just show me han being cynical han you know 
being that guy he is at the beginning of episode four, show me that. And that that's going to make me happy. Right. They will. They'll do that. Yeah, I hope just, so. They just heard you. They'll do it. <laughs> they always do it. In closing this discussion off on the Han Solo movie, what did you guys think about the Darth Maul drop? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, we kind of knew about it, I guess, watching it. But if we didn't watch it, what would you – DP, what would you think about it? I was shocked when I seen it, to be honest. I, I was like, what? Yeah, I mean, when I first seen it, like, the, in, the, in the show and everything, I was like one of my favorite parts. Oh, Darth Maul is back, and he has um these metal legs. What the heck happened there? You know, and then we got like the clothes. I'm like, okay, this is how it happened. Oh man, so it, it, it tied things up so smooth. I was happy, you know, just just coming back around and getting more context of where where Maul is at this point in in like the timeline and everything. Um, I want to see the story of Kiron and <clears throat> you know um uh, Maul you know, working more, you know, with each other and stuff. I want to see a little bit more of that story. Um, and I, it just created like a, um, a, a, a thing to where you're, 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 it, uh, you have something that doesn't necessarily have to do with solo. Maybe it's going to happen in the solo too, whatever, but they have to, ha they have to tell that story at some point. Right. Yeah. I mean, very interesting. It's just funny when we like every time, and this is why I, I love doing Club Night Bounty, Bounty BS with you guys. Like, my gears are always spinning in my head. And like, the more we discuss things, like, the more things kind of, when you, I guess I try to put my mind in Filoni's mind and try to line things up, which we'll never do. But, you know, the more we discuss this, kind of how things lay up, it would make perfect sense that Bad Batch came out right. And as we watched the finale, they showed all of them cloning tanks, right, in different sizes. So we're all assuming that Grogu is a descendant of Yoda's species, right? Once again, there were different size cloning tanks. Hmm. So you getting you, you see where this is going? Interesting. And then we talk about in the Mandalorian towards the end of it now that they've already kind of mastered it, and then they have the child back. So they already knew about the child, right? How do they know about it? The species lives for how long? So right. it's all it's 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 starting to add up to me. I, I'm thinking that Grogu's a clone of Yoda. To be honest, it's not like him and Yaddles. Is that was a, is Yaddle was a yeah uh, Yaddle was the wife. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking it's a it's Grogu is a Yoda clone. That'd be interesting. Every he would have had to have been a um. Well, well that would be the R. That would be but who could but who could fake? I'm think I'm over here thinking that blockchain code or that that uh, crypto code they have for everybody has his birth date. As being twenty five years before, or fifteen years before, um, Phantom Menace. Right. But but who could fake that? And the answer is the Emperor, because <laughs> they make them, so they could easily fake that. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's in play for sure. Yeah, I think that's going to be in play for sure moving forward with the whole Grogu story. Made it much a much better um, story than just him going back to his people and everything. You know, uh, um, that's going to be. Yeah. I'm I'm very interested if if it goes that way. Now I can't get that you know put that into like head cannon where if that doesn't happen I'll be disappointed. You know, yeah. you got to be careful about that because well what 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 us fans get especially when we get into these theories we get things that happen in our head. And wanted to go a certain direction, and when it doesn't happen that way, we get up mad. Yeah, it's that's like why, that that's, why we're going to nerd, that's why we're going to nerd court over um, you know, <laughs> stories outside of this, right? We we still had to have that discussion, and I talked to somebody else about that as well, and they said the same thing. So we'll have to discuss that because 
one is better than the other, clearly. It's, it's not even close. It's not even a discussion. <laughs> and for the listeners out there, we'll get into that at some point here. But, yeah, they, they're not even close, man. I don't even know what you're thinking. They're not even close. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, guys, before we go as well, we appreciate everybody, um, you know, coming onto the stream, listening to us, whether you're listening to us on a podcast or viewing us live. But before we go – Instead of doing the intro, we're going to let DP know where you guys can find us at because it's really important for all new listeners as well. Nerdcyclopedia.com. People, make sure that if you're going on that site, getting all our links to all our, your favorite social media outlets that we are on Facebook, Instagram, and also on Twitter at Nerdcyclopedia. Make sure that you are emailing us um, your comments or whatever that you want to talk about. Nerds at Nerdcyclopedia.com. Make sure that if you are watching us on YouTube or even on Facebook or or um, just just searching for us, period. You're subscribing to our channel. You're liking our page. You're um, you know joining our Facebook group, Carbonite Bounty BS, the Star Wars group, um, and basically just talking about Star Wars stuff. We love talking about this stuff, and you know you see how passionate we are. You know talking about this. We love to get you know get your feedback and interact with you as well. Good stuff. Like I said, guys, it was, it's been another fun one. So before we go here, what is what are the thoughts? Where do, where do we head next? I mean, that's oh, we're doing Rebels next. Yeah, <laughs> Rebel. we're, we're yeah. starting the hall. Yes, we are starting the hall. Is is next? So the um, what the first season is what twelve episodes there on T Mitch? Yeah, something like that. So we'll have to break it down. Yeah, you want to do like speed sessions, like six and six? I mean, we've been. We, I know we were doing it early. We were like doing mini chunks, and that took up what seven months. I mean, we can run it pretty fairly quick. And some of these episodes aren't as long, so I think there are some of the run times that be twenty five minutes. Some are a little longer because this is when it hit Disney XD, and you know how Disney has like weird time frames and when they were showing things and episode cuts. So, um, I mean, we can do six if you want. I mean, yeah, the first season is fourteen, so let's do um seven. let's do seven. Yeah, we'll seven. do seven seven. 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 Okay. That's cool. So yeah. fellas. <laughs> it is great, man. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing rebels is is the one, you know. I'm I'm hearing as I said, man, you will you will you will hear a lot of things. It's very um I will say it becomes very marvel y and you see the whole kind of which is I like it, like the kind of Feige influence. You'll see it. At the end, especially when we talk about, you know, what you're saying about, uh, you know, universes and things like that, you'll find out how this kind of turns. So, yeah, it's, it's very, very, very it's, – it's like it's a tale of two different halves, really. The first half of Rebels is one way, and then the second half of Rebels, you'll be like, it's a totally different show. Oh, uh, okay. So, so, like how Clone Wars was right. off a little yeah. – you know. It, it does. I'll say that now. We'll get into it. The first couple, you'll it's a head-scratcher off the bat. Okay. First season. I, I, I actually seasons. did catch, catch a couple episodes um, when I was jonesing for more, you know, uh, stuff after yeah. Bad Batch. So uh, I, I I love the the Filoniverse feel of it still, you right. know. So even though the animation isn't as is is you know fine tuned as what we just seen, you know, with like the Bad Batch, um, it still has the story stuff, story structure, and everything. So I'm game. I'm 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 looking forward to it. All right, guys. Well, once again, thank everybody for tuning in. And until next week, guys, this is the way. This is the way.